special report. Hi, this is Sean Nord. Nord! And I have Sharon Xavier here. Sharon is an assistant professor of pharmacy at Chapman University, and she is an expert in women's health and women's medications. So welcome, Sharon. What we're going to be talking about today is emergency contraception. To be clear, we are not talking about medication-induced miscarriage, as any of the medications we're discussing today have no effect on an existing pregnancy. All right, Sharon, thanks for being here. So we have a patient who presents who had unprotected intercourse, and we're always going to discuss, was it consensual, sexually transmitted infections, HIV? Let's assume that all happened, this was consensual sex, and they just want to know, what are the options for emergency contraception? Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me here today. So by far the most effective option that we have is going to be placement of a copper IUD, although this probably isn't realistic for most emergency departments, and you would need to refer the patient to their OB or other women's health provider. And this would need to be done pretty quickly if being used as emergency contraception or EC. Okay, yeah. So the copper IUD, I am familiar with that it is effective. I haven't really had that many patients ask about it, but Let's talk about the medication options. So there are medication options. What's out there? So we've got two options that are available for oral use. So we have the Plan B type products, which contain a medication called levonorgestrel. There are actually many brands under which this product is sold. The other option that we have is Ulipristal acetate. It goes under the brand of Ella. All right. So I'd say most, if not everybody's heard of these Plan B type products. Maybe prescribe them, maybe not probably a little less familiar with uh, ulistoprol. What's the difference between the two? Definitely. So there's a few key differences with the Plan B type products. These are going to be the most widely accessible and available option for most patients, and they can be found fairly easily in most pharmacies. There is a one-step formulation that's available over the counter without any age restrictions. For ulipristal, this option is in most states going to be prescription only, but some areas do allow patients to get this directly from a pharmacist. Okay, and how do they work? Do they work the same way? They both work by primarily delaying ovulation from occurring. Okay, so we always want to think about the patient that we're treating, right? The patient we have in front of us. Now, there are some BMI considerations, aren't there, with these products? Yeah, absolutely. So with the levonorgestrel products, they may be less effective in women that have a BMI of over 25. For ulipristal, these are actually more appropriate in a broader population, and they have better efficacy in patients with a BMI of even up to 30. Now, this is not a real contraindication to use these products in patients with higher BMIs, but as a clinician, definitely something you want to consider when we're thinking about the efficacy possibly being reduced. Well, that's really important information because many of our patients are going to probably fall into that greater than a BMI of 25, and we want to use the most effective method for them. All right. Now, when I think about these medications, one of the more common side effects I've had with patients who present it to the emergency department after using it is nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain. What do we need to know about adverse effects? So nausea and vomiting are absolutely the most common side effects that we tend to see with using emergency contraceptive products. Just as kind of management for that, if patients do vomit within two hours of taking their dose, you can advise them to repeat it. And some clinicians even choose or prefer to recommend an antiemetic to use, but it's not necessary or routinely recommended for all of your patients. Other common adverse effects that you might see include abdominal discomfort, light vaginal spotting, as well as change in timing of menses. 
Okay, well, that's really important because, we, of course, the person's coming in saying that they recently had this unprotected intercourse, but we always have to consider that they may already be pregnant, right? And anybody who's coming into the emergency department or another setting with vaginal bleeding, we want to make sure they're not pregnant. We want to consider ectopic pregnancy. But, okay, let's just assume our patient is otherwise clear that they're a candidate for this. What are the dosages? So both oral options are going to be given as a single tablet, single dose administration. Levonorgestrel is given at a 1.5 milligram dose and Uliprostol is 30 milligrams for a dose. Okay, like many medications and therapies, and as I recall, you want this to be used as soon as possible because the efficacy goes down, doesn't it, over time? Absolutely. So the rule of thumb with any emergency contraceptive product is the sooner the better after unprotected intercourse or failure of other contraception. Levonorgestrel products should be taken within 72 hours, and the more time that passes, generally the efficacy does start to decrease even within that window. For uliprostol, you do have a broader window where patients can be advised to take it up to five days after unprotected intercourse, and the efficacy is actually maintained a little bit better compared to what we see with levonorgestrel. All right, now with oral contraceptives, We always have to consider drug-drug interactions, right, because they can decrease the efficacy. And many of these, or these are, metabolized by the cytochrome P450 system. Do we have to be concerned about potential drug interactions? Yeah, it's definitely something we would always want to look into. As you mentioned, there is a potential risk for drug interactions based on the way these products are metabolized. So if you have patients that are taking other medications, herbal products, supplements, over-the-counter products, you definitely want to check for those interactions or work with a pharmacist to help you identify and manage them. Okay, so many of these patients are going to have children already at home. Many of these patients are going to be breastfeeding. Do we have to have any concerns about using these medications with patients that are breastfeeding? Yeah, it's a fairly common situation that comes up. So with patients taking the Plan B type products or levonorgestrel, they can actually go ahead and continue breastfeeding as they normally would. For patients that are taking the uliprostol, however, they should actually be advised to pump and dump their breast milk for at least 36 hours after taking the dose. After that 36-hour window, then they can resume their normal breastfeeding. Sharon, what about the old take four regular oral contraceptive tablets? Is that still being done? Is that recommended? Yeah, so what you're referring to is what's called the USB method. So The dosing will actually vary depending on which contraceptive product the patient is using or has available to them. Generally speaking, though, this method is not usually recommended hardly anymore, especially if patients have access to the other EC options. It overall tends to be less efficacious and also carries a higher risk of side effects. Okay, so you said you speak. I say yes, speak. Let's just call the whole thing off. Let's call the whole thing off. Now... Because these traditional oral contraceptives, and as you importantly say, they are less or least effective of the things that we're talking about, but with supply chain issues and drug shortages, this may be the only option that a patient might have. Now, because these do contain estradiol, are there concerns of thromboembolism in these patients using this? Yeah, so just like you said, the clotting risk with traditional contraceptive products is really driven by the estrogen content in those medications. Nowadays, most of the contraceptive products available on the market have much lower estrogen content than what was used decades ago. And adding to that fact that the USB method really is just intended for emergency contraceptive use or very short-term use, the overall risk for thromboembolism is probably very low for most of your patients. 
Now, if you do have a patient who is very high risk for clotting due to maybe other underlying factors or conditions that they have, I definitely would still strongly encourage going with one of the other EC options that we discussed. All right, so now we have the patient. They've opted for this. They're going to use it. What are the follow-up considerations after using one of these products? Follow-up after using EC is pretty much just ensuring that the patient tolerated the product that they took and that pregnancy was avoided. If they notice that their period is more than seven days late, then I generally would encourage that patient to take a pregnancy test. It's also a great opportunity to talk to your patients about long-term contraception needs and addressing those if appropriate. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sharon. We'll have to have you back in the future. And we really appreciate all this great information. Thank you. Summary. So as we reviewed, the medications we just discussed do not cause medication-induced miscarriage. These prevent pregnancy from occurring. I do want to mention one potential toxin that people may encounter. Recently, I heard from a listener who told me about a case of pennyroyal oil that they had from someone trying to use as an abortifacient. So every time I mention pennyroyal oil, people say, oh, you mean pennyroyal tea, like the Nirvana song? No, this is actually the oil, same plant, but a much more concentrated form. So for millennia, this has been used as a potential abortifacient. Unclear how well it works, but it's clear that it's a patotoxin. So it can look clinically just like acetaminophen poisoning, and it doesn't take a whole lot. As little as 10 milliliters of pennyroyal oil can cause hepatic failure and death. So it looks like acetaminophen poisoning. So somebody will come in usually with right upper quadrant pain, nausea, vomiting. They usually have a transaminitis. They can be pretty sick by the time that they present, and they may give you this history. So it looks like acetaminophen poisoning. So how do we treat it? We actually do treat it with N-acetylcysteine at the same dosages. If you have a case of suspected or known pennyroyal oil toxicity, contact your poison center or contact your medical toxicologist to help guide you through the therapy. So let's just summarize some of the information that Sharon shared with us. Emergency contraceptive, as we've mentioned, does not cause a medication-induced miscarriage. This will prevent pregnancy from occurring. Now, the copper IUD is the most effective method, but often not the method that people will choose. So that leaves medication options. There's the Plan B type products that are over the counter. And then there's Ulipristol, or Ella is the brand name, that requires a prescription, although some places pharmacists might be able to prescribe this. So what are the important things for us to know about this? Well, BMI, because it's not that the Plan B type products won't work in people who have a BMI greater than 25, but it is less effective. So that might be a consideration when counseling patients about what might be the best option for them with the Ulipristol being able to be used up to a BMI of 30. Some of the side effects for us to be aware of are nausea, vomiting, and abdominal pain. So you may want to consider prescribing an antiemetic. If they vomit their dose within two hours, you're supposed to repeat the dose. If it's after that, you do not need to do that. Now, vaginal spotting should be something we tell our patients about. And if they present with vaginal spotting, we want to make sure that they weren't already pregnant and we're not dealing with the next topic. And finally, with breastfeeding. So many of these patients who opt for this option may be breastfeeding. And it's important to let them know that with the Plan B products, they can continue breastfeeding. But the Ulipristol, it's recommended that they pump and dump, as Sharon told us. So thank you once again, Sharon. We'll have to have you back. And there's your summary on emergency contraception. Mm-hmm.